Welcome to Breaking Barriers. You know your path. We know the obstacles. And we can teach you how to tear them down. And now your host, CEO and founder of Adapting Social, John Vigero. I want to dive right in and, and welcome you to Breaking Barriers. You know, we're super excited to have you here. Pliables is a fucking strong brand in the local area. And I, I myself legitimately i actually had my executive team meeting today um and for lunch we went to pliables i got nutella acai bowl <laughs> nice. nutella, let's go um and so you know we, we shredded that but um you know one of one of the things that we do here breaking barriers so you know i started my business when i was 17 years old in my parents basement um fast forward now i'm turning 29 this year um, and so I love hearing the stories of entrepreneurs and not just the sexy stuff. Cause like when people hear about Rob and Flybulls and you know, your team, you know, right now it's, it's a, it's a great brand. Like people know you guys, your household now. So it's like, it's not that like people see the sexy side of you being an entrepreneur at yeah. this point, right? They don't know what you went through prior to getting to where we are in this current world. So Part of Breaking Barriers, Rob, is I would love for you to kind of dive in a little bit on your story. Like, how the fuck did this concept fucking come to your head? <laughs> and like, and then fast forward now, here we are with locations literally all over the place. Yeah, man. I mean, it's kind of one of those stories where you got to sit tight and I could take three hours of your time. But I know we don't have <laughs> that. But, you know, it's funny. You made a comment about, you know, you know, people, you know, like the sexy part of Plyables, they don't know what it took to get here. And it's still to this very day. I mean, forget about the pandemic or what we went through in the past few months. It's like. Growing a business or maintaining a business for that matter, you know, the ups and downs. I mean, it's a it's a grind, man. It is an absolute and utter grind. People, you know, I've had franchisees that have signed up for pliables and they saw pineapple land and they go, oh my God, it's a smoothie shop, acaibles. I've had copycat competitors that have tried, you know, doing what we did because they looked at it going, we can do this. We understand. But you can tell those people that when they got into it, that it wasn't right for them. They knew that it was actually going to be a lot of work they left, you know, pretty quickly and, and right. know, any other business, whether it's a franchise, whether it's McDonald's, whether it, it doesn't matter what it is, it's a lot of hard work. So, you know, wh where the whole concept came up from, you know, John, it's, you know, me and, me and my partner, Abby, you know, six years ago, we were together. We're not together anymore, but, you know, we traveled, you know, I'd say South America, Central America, surfing mm -hmm. everywhere. These acai bowls were everywhere. Even before I met Abby, I was going on surf trips with my buddies. We go out long night drinking wake up to a surf session, eat an acai bowl and feel good for the entire day. So it was just something that was like super unique and super, you know, different, you know, super unique, you know, in a sense where when I came back to Jersey, there was a couple of places doing it. I will never hide right. that back. There was like surf taco was doing them. And I, and I'd go for my long bike rides and I'd eat it and no knock on surf taco. I mean, they, they, to me, it wasn't what I experienced down in South America. It's not what I thought I can recreate for a pliable. So we right. created the pliable, which was, you know, putting Nutella on top, putting the peanut butter, our, you know, our take on the granola, perfecting the acai, you know, all that good right. stuff. So, you know, we, we started a cart on the side of the road. Me and Abby lived in an apartment of, above a pizzeria. We had our drunk pizza guy who was down below cursing every <laughs> customer on Ocean Avenue. Get the fuck out of my place. And Abby was scared of him. And I go, Abby, I was like, why don't you talk to Jimmy and let's do an acai cart in front of his pizzeria. And Abby was like, I don't know. She was like, you know, I make it for you and my friends, and my family right now. And Jimmy's not going to let us do it. I said, Abby, just fucking make him a bowl. I go, I promise you, once we get it in this guy's mouth and he, we, we maybe make a deal, he'll let us do it. So long story short, Abby goes down and makes him a bowl. Jimmy starts eating with this big, you know, uh, handlebar mustache, all the purple <laughs> acai in his mustache. He's like, what is this shit? It's really good. 
I go, it's not shit. I go, it's fucking purple gold from the Brazilian rainforest. I was like, it's acai. I struck a deal with Jimmy. We put a card out there. I got shit from the town every single day. The health inspectors, wow. the zoning officials. And like, you know, we, we had the support of the locals. We had the support of the, you know, the mayor. And we, we just treated everybody right. And we made the accommodations that they asked for every single day. If they wanted a sink, I put a sink outside. If they wanted a refrigeration unit outside. So I was basically building a kitchen on the side of Ocean Avenue. <laughs> Don't ask me how the fuck I got away with this. But somehow I did. And long story short, you know, with, you know, there's a million other fun, cool stories and details, the grind that we went through. But, you know, we're at, I think, 95 stores right now. Um, 16 Let's go. Stores. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Hold I mean, on, hold on. We got to Let's go. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, 90, 95, 96 stores, you know, we're gonna be slated to do over 200 this year. Um, we found a niche, you know, our brand, like you said before, we, we, we're just, you know, it's just a different, unique feel that we give our customers when they come into pliables. It's not just the product. It's not just the customer service. It's not just the environment. It's the mixture of all three. We've kind of hit that trifecta and, um, you know, it just, that was kind of the hard part of doing it. We got there. Dude, honestly, I can tell you this. So for anybody listening, so we, a lot of our listeners come from the UK, uh, from Australia and then the United States. And so for people who are like, what the fuck is a pliable? Um, guys, I'm telling you, this shit is for real. Like this is no <laughs> joke. Like, and I never forget it. My, so, um, my third office in Red Bank, um, before we moved our HQ to, uh, Asbury Park, um, we were in Red Bank for a couple of years. When you guys moved into that, or you guys had a franchise or whatever it was, franchisee, you move over to, uh, uh front street i believe it was yeah front street um yeah front street oh my gosh man like my team like was living there and that honestly it's so funny because i'll never forget it one of my employees got me on pliables you know going back like oh my god it was years ago but they were oh, like you got to try this bowl it's, it's not bad i'm like what is it and and they're like well they have one that has nutella and i'm like you know what fuck it i'll try it like i'll do the nutella bowl and ever since then insane insanity but so, so what, what has been in your, in your journey, Rob, like what's been like some of the biggest challenges aside from the beginning where it was like, you know, the town's kicking your ass and like busting your chops. Like, have you had any like internal, like, I know like a lot of the entrepreneurs ask questions about like, how did you grow enough to start like building, you know, you know, have enough revenue? Like, did you guys have to do like, you know, investors or this or that? Like, how did yeah. you continue to keep growing that brand? Um, I hate using the word luck, but I, I have to say, I mean, uh, luck. I mean, we we just we grinded. We put a lot of our money back into the business. Um, we, we just played things smart. We were frugal in the very beginning. I mean, every like, you know, the first summer when Abby and I had the card outside. I mean, I think we made like a thousand dollars a day in cash, and like we'd have what? Yeah, we had it like stacked up, and we were like, holy fuck! Like this is the mo more cash we've ever seen in our entire lives, and like to to see that in front of you, and then. You know, we were just young surfer kids living in Belmar. I was selling medical equipment. Abby was working at DJs, bartending. And I just, as we were like, I knew I wanted to grow more. But the most challenging part was it wasn't just the money of the investment side. It was getting people to believe in us. I mean, like you said in the beginning, you're like, you have people from the UK, Australia, you know, even the United States right now that don't know what an acai bowl is or, you know, better known as appliables around here. Right. You know, it was convincing landlords to make them understand how powerful this is going to be. It's another fruit. I mean, I'm sure you've heard it before, John. I'm, you know, people have asked me, entrepreneurs have asked me, like, don't you think this is going to be a trend or a fad? That question used <laughs> to bother the shit out of me in the very beginning. I was like, because I was defensive and I didn't know, I didn't know how to you know, handle that question. But now, you know, at, you know, six years later, going to do. You there, John?
Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, I got a phone call. But, you know, doing $100 million in revenue, you know, close to, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, the challenge has gotten not as hard. You know, people are believing in us. They're seeing this. I mean, like, you know, I always compare it to frozen yogurt, right? Everybody's like, don't you think it's going to be like frozen yogurt? You know, the fun fact about frozen yogurt is it's been around since the early 80s. It's 2020. You're talking 40 years of a run for frozen yogurt. It went away five years ago. The market got flooded with frozen yogurt. There's reasons why it went away. I believe frozen yogurt will come back. It's fucking delicious. Don't get me Without wrong. Without question. It's fucking delicious. It's not that bad for you. Does it have sugar in it? Absolutely. Ours does not have as much sugar, but it's a dessert, and it was great. So, you know, to answer your question, like the challenge, you know, was, again, getting to people to believe in us and what we were doing, landlords, vendors. You know, I used to go to food shows at Javits Center, U.S. food shows, you know, and nobody took me seriously. They were like, all right, kiddo, I got to go deal with uh, the pizzeria that's down the road that's doing a you know, million dollars a year. Right. Now the same ones knocking on my door every single day going, hey, Rob, you know, do you remember me from the food show? I'm like, oh, the fucking guy that would run away from me when he saw me the pliable shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and, you know, it, you know, landlords were difficult too. But now it's, you know, the coin has flipped a little bit. We do have landlords that are, they want us in their establishments. They want us in their shopping malls, which is humbling for us. It's a great thing. You know, we want to be the anchor in a lot of shopping centers, which is what we're doing. They're giving us a lot of build-out money to go in there. Um, I remember listening, yeah, I remember listening to Danny Meyer's podcast three years ago, and he's like one of my idols from Shake Shack. And his podcast was mostly about like, you know, picking your location and being the anchor unit and finding the co-tenants that really work well with one another. And, you know, that was challenging in the beginning. That was two years ago. But now it's become very easy for us. We know where our niche is. We know where we want to be how much rent we want to pay, who are the right landlords are. So that's, that's kind of that in a nutshell. I love that, man. And so where, where do you see pliables in the next five years? Like you keep, you think it's going to keep expanding national wise? Prestige world, worldwide, 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 No, I think, uh, you know, I talked to my vice president about this daily. I mean, we started, you know, we're, we're fielding over a hundred franchise requests per week. That's unsolicited. We don't go to like franchise shows. We don't wow. go into franchise publications. Um, those are all natural organic franchise requests that we get. And John, it's really easy for somebody like me and Gary, my vice president, where we're like, dude, let's fucking go to California. Let's go to, you know, Colorado. Let's do this. Let's do that. And we were doing that for a little bit. We signed a couple of franchise documents in Colorado, which we are going to build out in Littleton, Colorado. But I had to back him down a little bit and say, you know what? We need to re-strategize. I'm going to start, you know, keep refocusing on the East Coast, you know, from Florida up to Maine and just knock this out probably within the next like two or three years and then really start moving West. So within the five years, you know, probably year five, I'd like to be out on the West Coast, California, Washington. Uh, but we, we need time to get there. We need to restructure, you know, our, our infrastructure right now at Pliables, reorganize that. And that's what we're going through right now. You know, time to press the brakes a little bit and then. We'll press the gas again. I think that's smart, man. You know, you want to have, you seem like you're a very detail oriented, you know, guy. Um, another question. So a question that we got to ask you um, from one of the listeners was what, what does it look like? Like how, like, do you have a morning routine or regimen or an evening routine regimen to set your day up for success? Uh, a God's honest answer. I mean, I've built such a strong team around me. I've got my operation manager, my CFO. I've got my vice president. We've got our marketing team. We've got our HR department. We built a real company, which is really cool. And I think as a leader, you know, you have to trust in the team that you built. You got to give right. them empowerment. You know, micromanagement's that big keyword where, you know, for, and I'll admit it. I mean, if my team was around me right now, they'd be nodding their head like, 
I am detail oriented. I am passionate. And I was micromanaging there for probably two or three months. And by me, the CEO of Pliable's micromanaging, it was really throwing a wedge in other people's like, you know, the marketing team would get pissed off me because I made a decision that they didn't approve or didn't know about. And there was no coordination behind it. So, you know, my daily routine is, oh, sorry, I wake up <laughs> and I literally, I, I see the text messages from my team. I watch their group chats. You know, clearly I had the decision at the end of the day. If I don't like something, I can jump in, but I let them operate. To be honest with you, I go mountain biking for two hours in the morning. I drink a coffee. I stop in at a few of my local stores. I chat with the employees. My job as a CEO is to make sure that my employees love this company. They love coming to work and that they're happy coming to work. And that's a rarity right. to find out there. And if I can accomplish that, I mean, we're going to keep going. I mean, if I can't, and we started hitting that wall a little bit, I felt unhappiness in my company. And uh, I had to back off a little bit. I had to realize that it was my fault as a CEO. I was creating that right now. So, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks, things are a lot better. People are getting happier. I'm creating more you know, structure and it's been a lot better. That's awesome, man. Honestly, and listen, this is such good fucking info for these people that are learning, you know, because I've been in that. Honestly, you're speaking to my soul directly right now. Because yeah. my team, as, as we've continued to scale my team, the more we're getting into new countries and helping brands build and grow, um, you know, it's like, it's like you want to control the process, but when you have a team, you know, you have to let them fucking just spread their wings. Yeah. Um, or you're going to hold them back. Well, and the cool thing is like, you know, any good leader, like, you know, whether you're in the military or a big corporation, like I always say this to them, like, if you fuck up, it's going to happen. I fucked up when I was a CEO. I made some poor decisions that I had my team that rallied around me and we fixed it. But if you fuck up, I'm going to yell at you and put it, put it in a big white pants. You know, and it's just, right. that's the way that it's going to be in this company. And I think they appreciate that. Like I told them, like, you don't have to come to me for every approval for anything. Like, Hey Rob, you know, I was the visionary in the beginning with the menu boards, the design, the stores, you know, what was on the menu, things have evolved. I mean, we're a hundred stores deep, you know, I've got, you know, I, I've got to be happy. I've got to make the company happy. So I tell my, my executives, like, make the decision. You don't have to be nervous that I'm going to come at you. You know, I'll, I'll change it if I don't like it, but we'll work together as a team to get to that change where everybody's happy. And, and it's been right. working out pretty well. That's awesome, man. Now, did you have any, any influence? Like, is there any other entrepreneurs that are in your family that have like influenced you to like really push this forward or like, what's been like a big influence slash motivation for you? <laughs> you know, I, I've always just had it, you know, inherently. I mean, I, I was selling fake Oakleys in high school. I was selling t-shirts in college. <laughs> like I, I've I love had something inside of me that like, I've wanted to create something myself. My brother's a doctor. My other brother's a teacher. My father is an immigrant from Italy. He came in as 26 years old. He just busted his ass through like our childhood. And my dad was a salesman. I wouldn't say he was like a entrepreneur, but you know, seeing my dad's hustle and grind growing up as an Italian guy being, you know, working from a bus boy to a waiter, to a catering manager, to a catering director and putting three boys through college. And you know, my brother is the orthopedic surgeon for Donald Trump right now. He was Obama's orthopedic surgeon. It's pretty cool that my dad accomplished that. And I always look back and he's kind of my force. Yeah, my dad's my motivating force. I mean, he slept in a Howard Johnson three nights a week when I was 20 years old to, you know, work in North Jersey so my mom could have a beach house down in Seaside. I mean, that, that was the kind of guy my dad was wow. or is. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. What, a great, what a great influence on that side. And yeah. so, listen, so as we're getting towards the end here, um, you know, one of the things I always like to put my, uh, my entrepreneur guest on the spot with oh, is, no. is, there, is there some sort of quote that you really fuck with when it comes to business that you picked up over the years? Well, get, hold on. You know what? It is, you're putting me on the spot and no, I don't have one. But if you tell me what yours <laughs> is, you'll probably okay. make me think of one. So you throw one out at me. Okay. 
Okay, okay, I'll give you mine. So I came up with this, and I do this segment because when I started the business, I was a kid. I was a kid. I'm, I'm Actually, googling I shit. <laughs> it can't. It can't be live, laugh, love, Rob. Nope. Um, but <laughs> but but so anyway, so I was looking for something that you know that would really motivate me, push me. And as I'm googling, you know, I found this quote, um, and it said, "Live a few years of your life like most people won't, so you can live the rest of your life like most people can't." And I think just the journey of being an entrepreneur, you're always getting kicked in the fucking nuts or punched in the stomach. And like, you know, whether it's an employee problem, whether it's a client issue, whether it's a franchisee issue, whatever it could be, you know, as, as a CEO or somebody running a company, you're problem solving on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of people give up, right? Whether it's yeah. don't have enough money, you know, bleeding cash, you know, or don't have enough clients. Like, you know, but I think the biggest thing is that it's it's you're gonna you're gonna have to struggle before you emerge, and uh, and that's why I'd love to get you know a little bit that's of a awesome. action from the guests. All right, so I mean, after hearing you say that, and that was beautiful. That really that you know, was a soul uh, jerker for me too. But you ever hear of Ricky Bobby? Of course, come on. If you ain't first, you're last. I mean, that's something <laughs> I can really. <laughs> I I'm titling that this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if I minimize the screen, I do have in my notes like this one quote, and it's amazing. It's like a paragraph long. I mean, if you want me to close my phone, if you can still hear me, I'll read it to you. But it literally Go for is. It. Go for All it. All right, let me see. I don't hope I don't lose you here. Can you still hear no, me? No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I do. All right, it'll take me a second. Yeah, take your time, man. This is gonna be. This is gonna be good. This is honestly. I'm still titling this podcast. You're first or your last. <laughs> my, my friend, because I, I actually just got into NASCAR. We started sponsoring it, so my friends are calling me Ricky Bobby. I'm like, you guys oh my God. calling me Ricky Bobby. Oh, here it is. That is so, fucking fire. Actually, it's a lot shorter than I thought. I mean, it's, it's one of the coolest quotes. I probably found it 10 years ago when I went through personal struggles. Whenever I go through business ones, I actually look at it and go, all right, you know, I get it. So it's anyone can give up. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. But to hold it together when everyone else would understand if you fell apart that's true strength wow that's that is that is fucking fire yeah so that that's my got personal me life business that's everything that just got me amped dude i love that um and rob so so for the people listening where can they find you this is where you plug yourself like you know website social whatever it is like where can people find you playa everything uh yeah I and mean, i've got my personal instagram it's uh rjules05 um, I got my LinkedIn, which is Robert Giuliani. You guys can obviously follow Pliables, which is um, obviously the, the main our main page. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. But, uh, match Match.com. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was actually thinking about the old school social media, not Match. But uh, that's really <laughs> it, man. Hey, listen, Rob. We appreciate you so much, man. Time is an asset that we don't get back. So you spending it here today with us, giving us some knowledge and spitting it on us, like is super. I'm just super grateful for your time, man. Awesome, John. Thanks a lot, dude. I'm glad we got to do this.